Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. gentlemen and welcome to getting it out podcast that was pains with smoldering willows that's from their two track single smoldering willows the suffering is the point out now available everywhere uh, since july 7th so if you haven't heard it now it's only been a week don't feel bad and uh, you just heard half of it though i gotta tell you that was the short half of it the two tracks smoldering willows which you just heard of course is grinding deathly metallic hardcore punk rock whatever you want you know it's all those things grindcore we're gonna use that word i think uh, i think it fits uh, i don't think people are gonna go throw a throw a fit if we use it this time sometimes they do sometimes they don't you know how it goes anyway but the other one uh, the other track the suffering is the point is much longer much slower it's a uh, very cool very deliberate how these two sides sides are uh, different but still very cohesive it's a very cool band they formed around 2016 they call the midwest their home uh, wisconsin illinois but i think officially they say rockford illinois i don't know what that means to you it doesn't mean much to me because illinois is just one big state 
the same as Indiana and Idaho. They're all the same because they start with I. Where they are in relation to each other doesn't matter. Maybe I meant Iowa instead of Idaho. You get the point. You know what I'm saying. States with I's. Is there other ones? Are there other ones? I should say. I don't know. Anyway, Pains, a uh, great band from out that way. Glad these guys came across my radar. If you happen to live out that way, Cream City, specifically Milwaukee, Wisconsin, they'll be playing at the Cactus Club for the World I Hate Years of Lead record release party tonight, July 15th. Also on that show is Cross Me, Chain of Command, and Force. Sounds like a great gig. I would go to it if I could, but I can't, so I won't. But you and me have the privilege of being able to check these songs available now everywhere. Spotify, Bandcamp, Instagram, Facebook, Apple Music, whatever. Wherever you listen to music on the internet, you can find Pains. Hard band to Google, easy band to listen to. On this episode of the podcast... I've got Travis Stone from many bands, but mostly now at least Pig Destroyer. We're talking all sorts of stuff uh, about his history and musical uh, career. But uh, but before we do any of that, you know damn well, we've got to listen to Hot Zone. Check it! Make family out of friends! Make friends out of enemies! Peace to my family! Make friends till they bury all the places we've been! We're never sitting it out! We be getting it! Interesting thing happened recently. I was asked if I remembered somebody from my past by somebody in my family. I said, yeah, of course I know that person. I spent a lot of time with them. I even took a trip with them. First flight I ever went on a plane was with this person. Uh, we, we saw each other every morning by, by nature of how our school was arranged. We sat in the same homeroom. We talked to each other all the time. And uh, that was it. And then like a couple of days later, I was like, hmm, wonder whatever happened to that person. Hope he's doing well. Look him up on Facebook. Dead just a couple days before. Turns out that's the reason why they asked me was because uh, he had passed away. They just failed to mention that point. So uh, curiosity, of course, gets the best of me. What happened to this guy? He was he had a family, he had kids. And I look him up and it turns out he died a way that I almost died. Or at least the way that I felt like I almost died. I don't know if I really almost died when it happened. But it was uh, really kind of startling. Sliding doors moments. Fast forward another couple weeks. um, Someone in my family, something bad happens to them. And unfortunately passes away. It's something that I've also experienced. But uh, I guess to a much lesser degree. Being that I ended up being fine. And they have lost their life. So... Now, my friends have already made the joke that I'm immortal, and while I would love that to be the case, actually, I don't think I would, it's not true, but it uh, put a little perspective on some things for me recently. It's like, wow, uh, we can be taken out quite easily, and uh, for some reason, I have yet to be, um, and that's great. That's good news, because I don't want to die while I'm working. That's like my one thing. I don't want to be like still a working man when I die, though I suspect I certainly will be. I don't you know, I just don't want to be a working man. Uh, hanging up the boots and braces. I put the steel toes away many years ago. I will never go back to the shop floor. 
If you work on the floor or on the field or in the scaffolding or whatever, good for you. I respect it immensely. Used to be there too. Never want to do it again. Shift work. If you're working overnights, ugh, second shift, I hate it. I would never, I would never even entertain the idea of doing that shit again. But for the people that are doing it, I understand why you're doing it. Um, if you prefer it, good for you. You guys, I don't know how you people prefer night work, shift work, but whatever. If you're working swing shifts, wow, I did that once in a brick refractory. Do you know what a brick refractory is? It's where we make bricks. And my job was to stack bricks. That's what I did all day and night. All day and night because the job changed. Some weeks you were on first shift, then second shift, then third shift. Some hours were 12 hours or some shifts were 12 hours, some were eight. Uh, but they just changed all summer long. I did that for the summer between uh, between my freshman and sophomore year of college. It was a rough one. I couldn't go back the next year because I had a broken hand from uh, asking someone to leave. Anyway, stacking bricks as a job over the summer is rough. It's weird, though, because you, you don't get to hold the bricks because they, they're, they're fully formed, but they're not cooked yet. They're not baked. They haven't hit the kiln, so they crumble. They fall apart. So they got the weight, and they have extra moisture in them, too, so maybe in some ways they're heavier, and you use basically a vacuum. And it sucks to the top of the brick and it comes off of a conveyor and you got to do it fast. And this is back when they still let you smoke. So, you, of course, you use two hands to uh, suck the brick up with this vacuum tube. Think, think like you're at a car wash and, this, uh, and, and you have a, a vacuum and you can use that to suck the brick up on top and then you place it. You got to be placed in certain patterns depending on the style of brick, of course. And uh, then you've uh, you got to have your cigarette dangling from your mouth because you're allowed to smoke. So you have to smoke the entire time, the entire shift. Never put them down. And uh, you just stack bricks, stack bricks. Oh, and uh, might I mention there is a, a fire and ass kiln several feet away from you at all times. So keep burning those cigarettes, your backside, whatever, and keep stacking those bricks and making whatever it was, $12 an hour or something back then. It was a good job, man. Uh, good job. That was good pay at that time. Now I just noticed the other day, minimum wage is like $7.25. That is crazy. If you're working for that, man, I feel bad for you, but I respect you as well. Eh, I take that second part back. Get another job, man. Get out of there. Anyway, speaking of a guy who's had a lot of jobs, this episode, I got a conversation with Travis Stone of Pig Destroyer, currently of Pig Destroyer. He's been in many bands. We go back through his catalog, his releases, his experience, his resume, and uh, we'll get right into that. But first, let's play you a song from his first band that I was aware of, one of uh, my favorite records that A389 Records ever put out. This one is from Noisome, Voices in the Morgue.
we met years ago, which was back when you were in Necropsy, which became Noisem, a band that you went pretty far with, or at least went pretty far. I think you went to the peak that Noisem went with the band right before you exited, right? Yeah, I will. I don't know. It's a. Uh, it could be arguable. It, they were definitely. Well, when I left, they just had gotten signed to Relapse and got in, mm. got on the cover of Decibel, and I was sitting in my house fuming like, "Fuck, did I make a mistake?" <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I, uh, me, Harley, and Sebastian started that band when we were like, Harley was probably about like eleven years old. Um, he was playing before then, but it was me and Sebastian. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, we, we started that band in 2007 under a different name and we changed it because we thought that name was a little dumb. We wrote more, uh, more well, songs that were a bit more like refined. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we changed the name to Necropsy and then, uh, that's when Dom kind of, well, Blake from Piggy D, uh, went to a show at Golden West when they were still doing shows there. And he saw us play and he was kind of talking Dom's ear off about us. And uh, um, then Dom, uh, later down the line, we met him and he offered to put our album out. And uh, then we got asked to play Maryland Death Fest. And then we got on Scion Rock Fest. But then the issue came up that there was 35 other bands called Necropsy. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we should uh, think about changing the name. Um, and then. I remember going home and uh, I was just looking up all sorts of um, all sorts of like medical terms in a dictionary and noisem came up, but it was spelled differently. I tried looking for a name that had an end so we could keep the old logo because I thought it looked mm. great. Yeah. And uh, that one, I guess the name was too long or the, the spelling was too long. So they shortened it to noise with an M on the, on the back of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually it, it meant like a, uh, gruesome and disgusting. I was like, that sounds cool. Let's do that. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know if you listened to the, the recent conversation I had with Dom on here, but we talked a, mm-hmm. a little bit about you guys being at the park when you were trying. I remember being there with, I think I have to assume my daughter was born at the time, but we were at the park near Dom's house while you guys met there to try to discuss what the, what the name change would be. So it was funny to me, not funny to me. It was cool for me to watch like the Ascension that you had then from, from doing that to a year, maybe later you were torn with carcass. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, the carcass tour was in 2014. I, I remember some things from that time. Uh, uh I'm trying to remember what park that was, but, um, yeah, we it, call it uh, execution park. It's, it was right at the end of, we both actually, I ended up renting that house that he lived in from him for a year. It was in Greek town at the end of yeah. Newkirk street. And I forget what the, what the cross street is, but it was just this little tiny park on this synthetic green shit. We call it execution park. Cause the guy got executed yeah. there. <laughs> like that, yeah. That yeah. Was, <laughs> I do remember that now. <laughs> yeah, all all yeah. The, the fancy names that Dom comes up with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rip. Yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, that's definitely ringing some bells now because I do remember an execution park and uh, I vaguely remember that meeting and all. Um, and then from there, kind of just like took off. And it was definitely I mean, we have a lot to owe to Dom 
and and Blake, but mostly Dom because Dom helped us out with uh, a lot of things where um like uh whenever we're on the road and we're a bunch of young kids um mm-hmm. so it's uh i'm surprised their parents even trust us to go as far as we did i was driving on my provisionals for the for like for the time up until like the last tour i did with them i was the only one driving throughout like uh anytime we would tour um but uh yeah um he's he helped us find places to stay when we hit a deer in california uh, he helped us figure out like shows on the way back because we missed the rest of the tour. It was with Black That's Dahlia. Right. Yeah, yeah, and um, he he did all that in a matter of like I don't know a few days or like a week maybe. He just had it all set up and like, damn, like this is efficient as hell. Like what? <laughs> and one of my favorite stories that I do tell everyone about, um, like Dom helping us out with finding place to stay. We were in I think Winnipeg sitting in a Walmart and we were on the phone with him. We were like trying to figure out like if he knew anyone in that area that we could stay with and all that jazz. And uh, he was like, yeah, let me hit up my friend. He lives in Winnipeg. And like, as soon as we hung up the phone, there was a guy like walking up to our van and uh, he saw that we had Maryland plates. He's like, Hey, what are you guys doing here? Like, Oh, we're a band. We're like on tour with a uh, black die murder. He's like, Oh, nice. You guys know Dom. And I was like, <laughs> yeah and it turned out it was that guy like before wow. he hit him up he just came up to us and uh then dom hit him up and then we stayed at his place that's cool <laughs> that's, that's funny that's funny that's cool it was it was uh i remember talking to i don't remember who exactly from the band definitely sebastian quite a bit back then but like how it was really fun to watch you guys go from that point on. because agony to find i still think is fucking phenomenal i think that record kills that record is so good and uh, it's the one that i go back to for noisem um but you didn't stick around for much much longer when did you get out of dodge with noisem so it was september of 2014 um they were just starting to write songs for the uh the next album blossoming blossoming decay we were we were already playing a bunch of those songs live before they even recorded them. Um, I exited, yeah, September 2014. It was after we did this tour with Full of Hell. Uh, it was like a, I think it was a full US tour. Um, I ended up splitting because uh, it was just getting kind of stressful. I was doing like the Carcass tour alone. I was doing an average of eight to nine hour days driving and then playing and then driving again. And I was kind of getting burnt out on that. And uh, there was like uh, a buildup of um, uh, animosity towards uh, one or a couple of the members at that moment. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, when you're traveling with five to six dudes in one van for months at a time, um, it kind of gets uh, a little maddening. And, uh, I was just really stressed out. I was at a point in my life where I was like, I don't really know what I was going to do because I uh, just got out of high school. Like literally the day I graduated was the day after we played in Memphis for Scion Rock Fest. So I had to like jet home and then change in my dad's truck to go and graduate. <laughs> so like I was I was in a, a weird time in my life where I was just thinking like, this is all going well, but 
do I want to do this? It, like, it's stressful right now. Is it going to get worse down the line? And I wanted to kind of like seek out different options and kind of like try to find out what I wanted to do. And I ended yeah. up going back to school. I had a lot of uh, interest in um, learning different languages. At that point, I took three years of Mandarin and I uh, wanted to learn Japanese and then eventually like get better at Spanish and then maybe Russian or German. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did one semester, hated it. And then that led me to quit college. I was working a, a really cruddy job. And then that's when I got hit up by uh, uh, Max's son, Igor Cavalera. Not not big Igor, little Igor to uh, join his <laughs> yeah. band. And then from there, I was like, yeah, this is what I was kind of built for. And I kind of felt dumb at that point for quitting Noisum. Well, before I joined that band with little Igor, because uh, I saw him in Richmond and they were playing. I was like, man, I missed this. Like, maybe I uh, made a mistake. And then uh, as soon as I got the opportunity to get back into it, I hopped on it. And ever since then, I haven't stopped. And I've tried to keep myself as busy as possible with it. Yeah. Well, I knew you get you guys made a connection with the little Igor, as you call him, uh, the Cavaleras. Mm-hmm. early on right and i remember yeah. i forget who i forget who was telling me the story of you guys being out there in arizona i think it might have been sebastian because he was telling me he was holding the guitar that was used on a rise or something you know it's yeah. just like uh, i can't believe you know so it wasn't like a total shock when i saw that you were doing stuff with him was that was that lodi kong was that the band that you first yeah did? yeah 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 we um uh we we met igor on the carcass tour um and uh we just stayed in touch ever since uh and then when all that happened he hit me up because he was he wanted to get rid of these members that were in there that were uh causing a lot of trouble and um i just hopped to it like i already knew him for a while we talked a bunch and he was uh at that point we were already uh pretty good friends like he came out to visit stayed at our house um and uh then he asked me to join and uh it's funny because uh i remember his brother zion who's and Soulfly, he uh he texted me. I was like, "Hey man, you better uh you better get here and know your stuff. I'm just not trying to be a dick, but I want to make sure that this is this is like right and like everything's good." And I was like, "Oh yeah, don't worry about it. Get out there, nailed it all." And uh, from there, we um we just continued. And yeah, then uh, we started writing music, and uh, it was cool because it started. Uh, I. I guess my uh, influence on that band, we started to turn away from some sort of aspects that they were into um, with that band prior to me being in it. And mm-hmm. uh, it started to kind of sound more like like Helmet and um, I don't know, like Fudge Tunnel in a way. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, then that band kind of dissolved um, from inner conflict and uh then I started another band with Igor and then I ended up leaving that band because I had a lot. I I just started uh, playing with Pig Destroyer and some scheduling was conflicted. And then um, I just didn't think it would really work out. But um, we're still friends. We talk. I'm actually about to go out there in July uh, with the this thrash band. I'm in Desolus to do a uh, a short run in the Southwest with them. Was that other band Healing Magic? Yes, I saw. I, I caught them with with the Cavalera tour. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Where it's just him and a uh, drummer, I guess. Yeah, Johnny. Yeah, 
Yeah. So you were the original third person in there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> it's, it's crazy because like that band, uh, formed within a week and we wrote all this material within a week. Cause, uh, the recordings that we were supposed to do for that first EP was actually supposed to be the album for Lodi Calm. So mm-hmm. we started this band really quick, wrote everything really quick. And, uh, uh, my idea was to make it like a heavier, like, like deep purple. Um, yeah. and it, it came out pretty riffy <laughs> and, um, it, it's cool to see them still doing it after I left. And, uh, it's, it's really cool to see them as a two piece too, because I don't feel like there's enough two piece bands out there. It says a lot when you have uh, two people in a band and you can make it sound as full as like a whole, like three, four or five piece band. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that is always a very cool thing about a, it's the way some duos can do that. The one that always comes to my mind most, and it's like pretty far removed from what uh, healing magic's doing, but bell, Witch. the way that bell, Witch is it like, how the fuck is that a, a bass and drum duo? You know what I mean? I mean, I know that he's, yeah. he's doing some other shit, but like, it's just pretty amazing. The sounds that come out of that band. Yeah. It, to me, it seems like it takes a little bit more, um, more of a thought process to kind of create that music to make it sound as full as, as any other band would be, you know? Um, yeah. And I can't really, I don't know if I, I besides like Godflesh, I can't really think of too many other two piece bands that sound that big. Well, Godflesh has a, has a, uh, a drum machine kind of. Drum, that so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, so you, you mentioned, and we'll get to it, of course, that you, that you, uh, that you got, you joined up with Pig Destroyer at some point, but so being a guy in Baltimore, Maryland, I don't know exactly where you grew up. Did you grow up in the city or outside the city? Where you at? Uh, yeah, I, um, uh, I'm in Dundalk, the dirty. Deal. Oh yeah. There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in Dundalk, um, Hey, now you're in Pig Destroyer, which is yeah. a big band for Baltimore. Like that's like, you know, you come up as one of the biggest metal bands in Baltimore. So where, what bands were you going to see and where were you going to see shit when you were young? Because when you were young, I mean, you were already playing all the fucking shows. So, so yeah. it's like, I don't know. I'm just trying to get like an understanding of how you got into all this and where you got into it at. Well, um, I grew up in a family that, that everyone listened to something different. and. uh um, I was, I was very close to my dad he was more into like deep purple rainbow and like uh black Sabbath, all that. Mm-hmm. And, um, Sebastian lives right across the street from me ever oh, since okay. young kid. So that helped out a lot too. And yeah. uh, when we first started hanging out, he showed me a bunch of other bands and it was kind of a thing where, uh, if we weren't outside skateboarding or like just jamming songs, cause I, I was about 10 years old. And he was about 11. His 11th birthday was our like first show as like a band. Um, we were really heavy into punk, like Dead Kennedys, Misfits, um, uh, Circle Jerks. And um, we, we were playing in a band where we did covers and then mostly like punk. And uh, uh, we would seek out all these different heavy bands. We got from punk to like metal and got really into thrash. And um, later on, got into death and grind and all that. But then uh, we were also in a cover band with Sebastian's dad, Tony. And uh, at one point, Sebastian was like, I want to do my own thing, you know. 
I don't want to play with you anymore, dad. <laughs> and uh, then I, I don't know exactly how it happened. No, no, no. Never mind. I do. Basically, we started playing these shows with uh, local promoters in the area of Dundalk and Baltimore County. And a lot of those people do pay to play shows where you have to sell tickets and yeah, yeah. all this stupid shit. And um, eventually we got sick and tired of getting like ripped off and getting taken advantage of because we were so, such young kids. Uh, Harley was like, which, which is funny because he was the youngest of the group, but <laughs> yeah, he yeah. would put on shows and he started putting shows at uh, Talking Head at Sonar when that was still mm -hmm. around. And um, uh, he would go up to the venue people and be like, hey, like, so who put on this show? And we would all point to him and this like five foot one kid who's got a high pitched voice. He's like, yeah, that's me. Like, when are we going to get paid? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and uh, <laughs> Then, then eventually we started like linking up with local bands and uh, they asked us to play shows uh, like Barclay House in the city and then start playing at Gold West and Sidebar. And so when we started playing shows there, uh, we started playing with a lot more bands that we were interested in playing that weren't like deathcore bands or bands that covered the office theme to open up their set. <laughs> and uh, then, then that's kind of what put us into the world of uh of like the diy scene and um uh then we just started going to shows after that we were like this rules let's see what else like what else is out there and so mm -hmm. we just started going to the golden west a lot sidebar a bunch and we knew everyone so like they would trust us not to get into too much trouble and right. um yeah and our parents trust us a lot to go into the city and Barclay at that time, I don't know how it is now because I've been over that way in a while for shows. Um, that place was pretty dodgy. Like, uh, I remember the first time we played it, um, someone was warning one of the bands, like, hey, you might want to keep an eye on your van. Like, uh, there's people that walk around looking in cars here and there. Like, some guy got stabbed the other night. I was like, ah, oh, okay. And um, yeah, so that's, that was like when we were, I want to say like 15 or 16, like the older people in the band. Harley was still like 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why. I mean, that's the way I remember it. That's the way I remember you guys being around. And again, that was, a, that was, that was essentially what made it so cool. But then it was cool to see other bands propping you up. You mentioned Blake uh, when he was in Pig Destroyer doing that for, for Noisem. And so I think it's, I think it's pretty cool how you ended up joining pig destroyer how did you end up becoming a part of pig destroyer uh so after the the unraveling of the lodi kong band situation and and we uh we recorded that ep and i was just kind of feeling down and like had all this block about like well i had like writer's blocks so i was having trouble writing stuff and I just felt like maybe I'm not cut out for it. And like, I don't think I'm going to ever have the opportunities I did. Uh, I came home and, and Blake hit me up because obviously I've known Blake since I was a teenager. And uh, he was asking if I was still in Arizona because he had family out in Arizona and he was going to be out there relatively soon. I think it was around the holidays. And I was like, I told him, um, that I just got back home from uh, Phoenix and he has to hang out, out like a couple days after or something. And uh, we met at the world of beer and I believe it was federal Hill. 
that area, if, that, mm-hmm. if that's the area, if I'm correct. Um, and we sat down, had a couple Guinnesses, and we're just talking a bit. And um, he was telling me that things weren't working out. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That was the, with the dude who was playing with them before John. And uh, he was asking if I would be interested and in trying out. And he made sure to, uh, to reinforce that um, it's, there's no guarantee that I'm going to join the band it's just like a trying out thing you know right and i was like yeah i'm totally down 100 percent um and inside i was kind of freaking out because i was listening to big destroyer like before Burke, book burner came out and we played that <laughs> yeah. show like, that we ripped off a lot of songs from big destroyer on agony Define. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so um i was kind of freaking out i went home and uh I kept texting. I was like, Hey man, like, give me some songs to learn. I'll try to figure them out. I can learn by ear or whatever. And he's like, all right. Um, and then before I actually tried out, uh, we, we hung out with JR. I went down to, um, uh, silver spring, I believe, and, uh, met up with them. We were just bar hopping, having a good time. I guess that was like a test to see if I could hang. And if I'm like yeah. cool enough to, to be around them, and don't start any trouble. And uh, I hit it off with JR. I mean, I met him prior, but I didn't talk to him as much. Um, <laughs> but I felt like we hit it off pretty well. We had a great time. And then uh, we set up a day to to jam for me to try out. And uh, it was actually the day after my birthday um, in January uh, 2018, I think, or 19. I think it was 18. But um, yeah, we had a, we set up a day. Um, and then like a couple days after I, uh, try, I, uh, hung out with JR and, uh, Blake, um, he, Blake gave me like three or four songs to learn. I had to learn like piss angel, uh, I had to learn sheet metal girl, rotten yellow. And I think the other one was house of snakes, um, which is super long and it's kind of confusing. Like a lot of their songs are, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, and I got Rotten Yellow, Piss Angel, and Sheet Metal Girl within the night. Like, I just heard it a bunch of times, and I tried to match up. I had uh, had trouble with Rotten Yellow because it was in a drop tuning. So I was uh, trying to figure that out. And eventually, I somehow figured it out. I think I hit up uh, Blake. I was like, what tuning is this in? But um, after I learned it, I sent Blake the video. It was... It was within the day. I remember I sent him a video of me playing sheet metal girl 
And uh, he sent it to the guys and um, they're pretty impressed by it because uh, there was one part with like the harmonics. I obviously can't do it with bass, but um, it's a uh, very fast picking and I did it all down picking. And Scott was like, whoa, I like that. He, he tremolo picks and down picks really hard. Like that sounds cool to me. And then we quickly set up a date for me to try out. And I went there, jammed those songs. And then I went to the bathroom, came out and asked me to join. That's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, like, you know, like we said, it was a, that's a, that's a big, it's a big band for the area. Big band overall, I guess. It's just, it's kind of funny how like pig destroyers, top of the bill on a lot of uh on a lot of uh a lot of shows you know rightfully so oh, yeah. but but because people like us have been around them for so long where well, you now you're in it people have been around the band for so long that it's like this is a guy yeah it's pig destroyer you know they, like yeah. we expect them to be to headline but it's just pig destroyer you know yeah yeah so so that's still that's still very cool um you started out as a guitar player right yes i uh well Going way back, started on guitar, flopped the bass, went back to guitar, and then stayed back on guitar and forth. for a while. Yeah. 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 Do you have a preference? Uh, I get asked that quite a bit, some like recently at least, because I, I just started playing drums, but um it's kind of hard because I uh I'm a very like uh, um I feel like I'm a little chaotic as a person and uh I'll like one thing one day and then I'll get into another thing the next day. So it's kind of hard for yeah. me to choose. I just like doing it all. Um, I do have a soft spot for bass because like I'm really heavy into like funk and R and B soul, like from the sixties and seventies. And I always mm-hmm. have like the best bass lines in my opinion. And also like seventies prog. And um, so like I have a soft spot for bit for bass, but uh, guitar also because like noise um and all that and like that's kind of what i started out on and that's what i kind of right. was raised to play and then honestly drums i would say is probably my favorite right now because uh i just like beating the hell out of them and i've always wanted to play drums since i was before i was playing guitar uh but i could never afford a drum set and my house is way too small and we have we had an old lady neighbor that would call the cops if she heard any sort of faint noise. So that was never, that was always never out of the question. Option. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that makes sense. That's, that's a good enough reason. Right. Well, so when, when you, uh, when you joined pig destroyer, what phase were they in? Were you writing stuff or when, how long before you got your hands or yourself in the studio with pig destroyer? Um, I was writing the healing magic stuff. Um, I wasn't doing so much writing. I didn't have any thought into writing. It was mostly just, I was in the mode of learning music. Um, <laughs> cause the first year I joined them, I had to learn two sets. Uh, and each set consisted of 22 songs at least. Mm, okay. And, um, then after that, cause we were doing two nights in Baltimore at Metro gallery and then two nights in New York city. And, uh, Right after they told me that, they're like, hey, by the way, uh, you also got to learn Prowler in the yard because we got offered to play it for Decibel. I was like, shit. Um, And then I had to learn some songs to record on the EP, the Octagonal Stairway EP. Um, So that that was uh, the first time I got in the studio 
air quotes because yeah. I recorded that in my house <laughs> on my couch. Um, so yeah, that was that was the the only moment I was really in the studio per se. Um, yeah, I learned like sixty five songs that one year for Big Destroyer. I'm still learning songs. Like they still, yeah. Scott's really on top. He's like, all right, learn that. Cool. Let's uh, let's learn this album. Let's yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I guess it's a, it's probably a longer discography than than I'm thinking of. Uh, actually, makes me want to look. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think of just the albums in my head. I don't think of all like the split songs and the you know the the random EPs and yeah. There's there's a lot of shit there. Scott's a hardworking man. He uh, and it's crazy to me how he still remembers how to play all this stuff and. Mm-hmm. He wrote all of it and he'll just like, he'll whip up a, I usually learn by playthrough videos now. So mm-hmm. like, he'll show me how to play it and he'll edit the videos to make them like, it's, it's hilarious. He'll edit them to where there'd be like an intro, like video where it looks like a, um, like a movie title. And then he'll just crack jokes and it's really entertaining and it makes it a lot, a lot of fun to actually learn the songs so it doesn't feel like homework, I guess. <laughs> that's that's the mark of a good teacher. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's awesome. Well, so uh, you you've been doing Pig Destroyer. You also did some stuff with Cavalier Conspiracy, right? Just some live stuff. Yeah. Um, last year, like last October, uh, they asked me to fill in on bass for them. Uh, and this this is a crazy story too. Like, um. Uh, around that time, it was like, I guess it was hurricane season and there was a hurricane coming up towards their bass players, uh, house in Florida. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he wanted to stay home and be with his, uh, his now wife. Uh, I think they were married at that point. He didn't want to leave her alone. Understandable. Um, and, uh, I basically that day I had a rough day at work, came home. And I got like, I think it was an accidental like voice to text message from Gloria. Mm-hmm. And um, she was like, do you think Travis could do it? And this and that. And then I kind of had an idea what was going on. And I immediately like responded. I was like, hey, like, what do you need? Do you need anyone? Like, is is everything all right? And uh, she she said that um, Mike wasn't going to be able to uh, do the first like the beginning of the tour. Uh, due to the hurricane down there. And I was like, uh, I can do it. Like I already know the bass solo to stronger than hate. Like I love, that's like <laughs> two of my favorite albums of all time. Like I'll be more than happy to do it. And, uh, she's like, okay, like, um, let me get you linked up with, um, Brian. It's, it's like their tour manager. He helps out with Gloria. Um, she's like, let me link you up with him and we'll figure it all out. And I was like, okay, cool. Like how much time do I have to learn? It, like, a week, two weeks. Uh, and she's like, Oh, the tour starts in like three days. And I was like, Oh shit. And so like Brian hits me up and he's like, Hey man, like, uh, we're looking to get you out here. Um, 5 AM tomorrow morning. Is that cool? And I was like, uh, uh yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so like, as soon as I got off the phone with them, uh, I immediately started like listening to the songs over and over. And I started like, I learned, there was like 18 songs I had to learn. And I learned a majority of them by ear as fast as I could. I only had like, it was 11 o'clock in, at night when they hit me up. So I had like a few hours 
to practice them and then pack and then leave to go out there. And then, uh, I touched down, uh, uh, Max's, uh, tech Kenny picked me up and we're just talking a bit. And, um, they took me to my hotel and I just kept practicing. I, uh, went and hung out with, with, uh, Dan who was playing guitar for them at the time. And I, uh, uh, he helped show me the songs and, uh, the first couple shows were a little rough for me. Like I was, I don't know. Cause I, I know these songs I've heard them a million times, but there's nothing like going on the stage with like two of your <laughs> biggest idols, like yeah. something I would never have dreamed of. And then it was like all happened in a split second. So I had to like play these songs that I know I've heard millions of times in front of a crowd that are expecting it to sound like the album. And, uh, I had to do the best I can with only like a couple days practice and just learning these songs properly on bass. And first two shows were crazy and I was stressed out. I didn't go outside to like check out the air. I just stayed in the dressing room and practice constantly, constantly. <laughs> I got it down. And then after that, uh, it was all good. The shows were great. Uh, they, had me stay on until we played Baltimore. And then after Baltimore, I ended up staying home and then I had to do big destroyer stuff. Yeah. That's, I got, I was going to say, I imagine there's a lot of, there was a lot of pressure on, on you for just that. Even like, you know, even if it's all, all good, you, like you mentioned, you're playing with the two guys that, you know, we probably consider an idol. And I would like those shows. I mean, I call it, I called it up in Harrisburg. Um, but those shows, I know, like starting with the one at um, Death Fest. From there on, it was yeah. like excitement for everybody, and oh, yeah. I was. A, I, I it came, became a point that I was making fun of everybody for calling because they'd always say the same thing. This is like a bucket list thing. This is the bucket yeah. list show. Like you know, so to for you to have to be one of those guys up there on the stage delivering uh, <laughs> must have been. <laughs> yeah, I was like not gonna lie. I was getting a little choked up at the Baltimore show because like. Uh, I remember like starting out noise as a kid and we were going to cover beneath the remains for like, uh, our EP It was either beneath the remains or FCI and awakening for people dead. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we didn't know if we could do that with the Sepultura stuff. So we ended up trying to do FCI that didn't go on either. But, um, I just remembered it like Sepultura being a huge part of my like teenage years, like getting into metal and just to be able to stand on stage with the people that I looked up to is like, pretty unreal, you know, and I'm, I'm really grateful for it. And, uh, um, I'm really glad it happened. I'm glad I went through all that stress and, uh, fear to get through it. Cause like now I can, I can tell my friends that story and like, yeah. I don't know, it's, it's cool. It is cool. And you, like, you've obviously built up a reputation along with a resume because people are willing to reach out to you to do one joint pig destroyer and two go on stage with the fucking Cavaliers and play like two classic albums. So that's, that's got to feel pretty good just to be just to be thought of. No, you're because like clearly your peers think of you that way. Yeah. And uh, I, I just yeah, I don't know. It, it I find it weird because it, it's still unreal to me. And when it gets brought up, like I I never want to be some sort of arrogant asshole. And like so it's kind of weird for me where people are like praising me for it. Like, dude, that's insane. Like, good for you. That fucking rules. And like. And on the inside, like I'm very stoked about, it, but I don't want to ever let it get to my head and become like 
an unlikable person on work withable person. So I just treat it yeah. as like it's another day on the this is another day on the job, you know. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but no, yeah, don't yeah. become one of those insufferable fuck faces that think they yeah. the hot shit because they play in a metal band. We we got yeah. plenty of those, you know what I mean? I know. But, but, <laughs> but what we what we can always use more of is the humble people who really do just enjoy it like yourself and mm -hmm. uh and just keep going on it and I, I think that's super cool before i ask you about what else you got going on i need to ask you one of the one of the very early interviews i did for getting it out podcast was with jr and nice. uh i asked him what became a long-running question um that went on for a lot for a lot of interviews after that and it's since fallen off so i'm i'm bringing it back with you it's a real simple question but it's a personal question yeah. i want to know how often would you say you wash your legs oh <laughs> <laughs> okay that's uh okay that's that's uh this could be incriminating yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> wash my legs um i'm gonna sound a little gross uh damn uh Lately, I've been more cleanly than I, well, I can't say that. I was just on the road for a week with Desolus. So, like, I was a little grungy. Uh, I would try to say, like, at least every other day. Um, Before, it would be, like, ugh, it's going to sound gross, but, like, four or five days until I start feeling, like, complete dog shit. <laughs> and, like, as soon as my legs are sticky and my feet are sticking to my socks, then, yeah. Yeah, that's time for a while. Which it's it's short season now for a lot of people, so it's a it's it's important we wash the legs. I know a lot of people rely on the runoff in the shower to do to do the work for them, but you know, yeah. Jr's the Jr's answer, if I remember correctly, was that he's a daily leg washer because he's a farmer. So mm -hmm. which which made sense, right? But I think yeah. a lot of people, I think a lot of people don't even think about how much they don't wash their legs. They just get in there and they do their hair and their you know whatever. And then yeah. they get out and <laughs> oh, I, I scrubbed the hell out of my body for sure. Like <laughs> last year, for some reason, I was just unusually stinky more than off, like more than before. For some reason, like I could take a shower, I could put on deodorant, but I just start stinking like almost immediately after. I don't know if it was my diet or what, but uh, yeah. since then, I'm like scrubbing profusely with like <laughs> anything that's uh, abrasive. Yeah, you know, no, like, no, you know, I actually know exactly what you're talking about with the the stinky thing. I I was just complaining about this to my wife all day yesterday. I I went for a run in the morning, which is no, semi normal in in nice weather, and then I came home and I showered, and then I walked to work, which is all good. This is all like normal part, but then I just fucking felt like I smelled like shit <laughs> all day long. Like and I and I walked home from lunch like I'm right now like I am right now. I took I was sitting here shirtless because I just felt like I felt like I needed to air out put yeah. deodorant on. I keep deodorant at my work, like in my desk. We put it on like six times. Like why do I fucking smell? What is this? So yeah. you know yeah not not having the same problem today. So that's good. <laughs> well that is good. I mean yeah. uh and in, in this part of the the country like closer to the bay and all that gets humid as hell so like you can walk outside and it doesn't feel hot but all that humidity is going to force your body to sweat whether you yeah. like it or not <laughs> and that, uh, <laughs> not fun so anyway that was the uh that was the hygiene portion last thing i do want to talk to you about is uh i want you to tell me about desolus is, is it desolus oh, I, don't, I don't know what the spelling is desolus yeah d-e-s-o-l-u-s 
Yeah. L U S. Okay. I had L A C E. I I hear different different versions of the name. That's totally normal. Same thing happened with Noisum. We got Noisium and stuff. Yeah. I get Desolus. I get I don't know. But uh yeah, um Desolus is like a newer band. I started with my my two buddies from uh DC and Virginia, Jimmy and Vivek. Um uh it started over the pandemic. They came to the house like where me and Sebastian are living and they recorded their demo. Like they're they're recording demo riffs and Sebastian was playing drums and I came over and was just hearing the sick ass music and uh it sounded very Teutonic. It sounded like Teutonic thrash, Sodom mm-hmm. Creator, German stuff. And um at that point I was uh I was just playing drums a lot, mostly like classic rock and like docking, <laughs> of course. Uh <laughs> and then I was like, man, I really want to play in a band where I can play drums, you know, it sounds like fun. But at that point, I didn't have much else going on because pandemic was going on i didn't have anything going on with pig destroyer nothing else was working out so uh i was like i'm just gonna put some time into this and see how that goes and i offered to play drums for them like yeah they were super patient with me uh because i didn't play that sort of stuff before so it took some time to get used to Uh, we practiced until shows started kind of coming back uh and then we just uh finished recording our first album but um yeah it's very uh it's very Teutonic and uh, it's a lot of like Sodom creator Slayer. I mean, there's like some peppering of Sepultura in there, mostly because of me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're, uh, we're doing that. Um, we've been doing a lot of shows mostly uh, in the DMV. Uh, we just did a week where we went from Richmond up to Massachusetts and we've done like the South and then, Later on this month, we're playing in the Southwest in Vegas. Well, not Vegas. We're trying to get a show in Vegas and LA, but we're playing in Long Beach, Flagstaff, and Tempe. Do you have any uh, releases out yet? No, not yet. Uh, everyone's been kind of hassling us for it. Um, but we're kind of a word of mouth band right now. And like to get to hear any of our music, you pretty much have to either hang out with us so you can hear what we have on our phones. Right. Or, uh, <laughs> Or see us live, basically. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much the only way at this point. Um, we're working some stuff out, though. It's probably going to take a little bit to release anything because uh, everything's kind of put on or put on uh, some sort of delay because I think the I think of the pandemic. But now, yeah. yeah, yeah, it fucking it, it happened. It happened. It's almost we're almost done with it, I think. Yeah, I hope so. The uh, lingering effects, I should say, but uh, that's cool. I didn't, I didn't know until we started talking today that you had this other band going, and that's uh, that's interesting. I think so. It's cool that you got that you found a place to draw. Yeah, yeah. I it's weird. Like uh, most of my life, I've uh, I've kind of thought that way. Like I've always wanted to play guitar, and then out of nowhere, here you go. Like uh, there goes noise and like you can play this and recently it happened again because i was playing drums with uh desolus a lot more and i was playing shows with them a lot more than any other band and uh i was thinking how i wanted to play like some guitar again wanted to play some fast riffage and all that and i was thinking about doing a uh like a crossover project and um 
yeah. And then I got offered to play guitar with Cavalera and um, do some stuff with them. So I don't know what it is. I I, I don't know if I have a horseshoe up my ass or what. Um, it's that it's <laughs> it's that you're not being an arrogant prick. Is that is that your humble that and karma? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that it's that you're a good person. It's coming back and uh, in good ways for you, which yeah. I'm happy to hear. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I, I uh, this is the only thing I could ever see myself doing. So I I always try to make sure to leave a lasting impression and try to be as cool and easygoing as possible, make everyone's life easier because I've always believed in the golden rule.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Travis Stone. Now of Pig Destroyer, the song you just heard was The Cavalry. That's from the Octagonal Stairway EP, which I believe is the first thing he was on as far as a recording. Excuse me if I cut off the uh, fucking feedback there. I'm sparing us all. You don't need to hear that in your little tiny baby ears, do you? Might scare you. Might startle you. I'm here to save you, to protect you, to tell you that I appreciate you sticking around this long into the conversation, but mostly to tell you that I appreciate Travis for having this conversation with me, for spending a lunch break, just shooting the shit, talking about his career, his experience in the extreme music world. Quite the resume, very impressive, excited to see what he does next, excited to hear Desilus. Uh, but for now, we'll just have to deal with what he's doing in Pig Destroyer and sometimes the Cavaleras and sometimes Lodi Kong and maybe healing magic or whatever, you know, all sorts of stuff this guy's got going on. So we'll see what's next for him, but we'll also appreciate what he's done for us already. Thanks, Travis. Again, thanks for your time. Still a young guy, so he's got lots of room to grow and things to do. Um, setting it up big for you, so you got to keep doing stuff. Anyway, that will mostly be it for this episode of the podcast. I'm a little rushed, a little under the gun to get this one out to you. I believe earlier I told you it was July 15th. It's not. It's July 14th. I got the date wrong. Look at me living in the future. Maybe you are, though. Maybe you're like, hey, July 15th was two days ago, Dan. And you'll be like, you're in the past. And I'll be like, but I'm in the future. And we'll have this argument that nobody can hear, including us, because we're not talking to each other. You should go to gettingitout.net instead. Don't waste your time arguing with nobody that can hear you. Go to gettingitout.net instead. See what's going on there. I got news. I got reviews. Going to put up a review today from uh, from old X Rick X for the band Grimentity. I think that's how you say it. Their uh, record DSM five, the new chapter. Uh, he broke into that one and uh, broke it down. I should say uh, members of relics of humanity and ominous scriptures uh, from uh, not this country. I don't know. I forget where they're from, but uh, very cool stuff. Anyway, go read that. It'll be out there today. Thanks again to Travis. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks for uh, Joel Embiid and his patience through this James Harden thing. We'll get there. We'll figure it out, hopefully. Fingers crossed. And uh, let's say one more thanks to our friend Dominic Romeo, who was on the podcast recently, who we opened the podcast, this interview talking about, and who just blessed us today with a brand new debut full length from End Rain. It's called The Way of All Flesh is Decay. It's out now on Relapse Records. And I want to play you the last single from that record. It's called Chaos Masked as Order. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.